All right, it's awesome to be with you and to gather around God's Word this morning. If you have your Bible, would you meet me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? That's where we're going to be this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're in a series right now called The Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. These are the Christ-like character qualities that the Holy Spirit grows in our heart and in our life. Things like love, joy, peace, patience. Um, all those beautiful Christ-like character qualities, right? Uh, we're going to see today that the Holy Spirit not only transforms our life by producing in us spiritual fruit, the Holy Spirit enables us to be a part of transforming other people's lives by empowering us with spiritual gifts. I want to talk to you today about spiritual gifts. You have received a spiritual gift if you're a believer in Jesus. Well, growing up, I was lucky enough to watch one of the most gifted athletes I've ever seen, talking about the legendary Bo Jackson. I'm a big Bo Jackson fan. Um, it's pretty amazing for an athlete to play one professional sport. Uh, Bo Jackson famously played two. He played Major League Baseball and NFL football. To this day, he's still the only man in history who's ever been a Major League MLB All-Star and gone to an NFL Pro Bowl. Um, Maybe you haven't heard of Bo Jackson. It's probably because his career was cut way too short by an injury. Still brings me to tears to this day. Because as a child, I was obsessed with Bo Jackson. I had collected 135 Bo Jackson trading cards. I had Bo Jackson action figures. I read the autobiography, Bo Knows Bo. I was a part of Club Bo, the Bo Jackson fan club. Crazy, right? And, and maybe if... You know, you've seen some of the Nike Bonos commercials. Bo Jackson was more than a cultural phenomenon. He was an insanely gifted athlete. And it was more than just the stats. Bo would do things that seemed superhuman. Uh, when, during Bo Jackson's NFL Combine, he was timed at doing the 40-yard, the what do they call that, the 40-yard dash? in 4.12 seconds, which is an NFL record and also puts him in the same group as the fastest people on the planet. And by the way, Bo Jackson is 6'1", 225 pounds. So I don't know how something that big moves that fast. He actually qualified for the US Olympic track and field team. No one could hit a baseball harder than Bo Jackson. Uh, in fact, when Bo Jackson was a senior in high school, a scout came from the New York Yankees and the scout had Bo Jackson go into the batting cage. And on the very first pitch, Bo hit a line drive into the corner of the batting cage. And the cage started to sway and shake and then collapsed all around him. The scout was just blown away. After one pitch, he was like, yeah, I, I've seen enough. He was ready to draft him right on the spot. Bo Jackson's high school baseball coach tells the story of how one time he saw Bo Jackson standing waist deep in water and he jumped and did a backflip. I, I don't know how that's possible. His, his college football coach uh, saw Bo Jackson one day after practice in the parking lot. And just for fun, Bo Jackson decided to run and jump over a VW Beetle. Crazy, right? Crazy, crazy stuff. Scott Van Pelt of ESPN said, we all saw Bo do things we thought weren't humanly possible. 
And in sports, there are stars, there are superstars, and then I would say Bo Jackson. Bo did things that were considered humanly impossible because Bo Jackson had a gift. And if you're here today, this morning, and you're a believer in Jesus, I want you to know something. You have a gift. God has gifted you with spiritual gifts to make a difference in this world. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. And I want to show you three killer truths about spiritual gifts. Bo Jackson found his gift, and today I want you to leave, and I want you to start to find yours. Because you have been created and designed by God to do incredible things in serving God and serving his kingdom. So let's get to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, picking it up in verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. You might notice you have all three persons of the Trinity there. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Godhead. Here we have the Spirit, Jesus the Lord, God the Father. It's there. Verse 7. Same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. It's the word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank You for this morning. Thank You that we get to come and learn from Your word. And we just thank You, God, that You have given gifts to Your body so that we can grow and we can become strong and we can even go out and see people get to know You, Lord. So we just pray for this time, God. We ask that You would... Um, just open our hearts to the way the Holy Spirit would like to work in us and through us to make a spiritual impact in the lives of those around us. So please, God, help us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're looking at three uh, truths about gifts of the Holy Spirit. And number one, just first of all, it's really important. You are gifted. You are gifted today. And... I just say that's important because there's so many people, and maybe you've never heard this, that you have a gift. You have something to offer this world. God has a purpose for your life. He's given you, if you're a believer in Jesus, a spiritual gift. And yet many Christians are simply unaware of the gifts that God has given them. And Paul had that same problem in his own church. So he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12.1, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And we here at Hope, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed either about spiritual gifts. 
And so today we're sharing a powerful truth for you. You have a spiritual gift. You have a way, uh, an ability, God-given abilities to serve Jesus Christ for his glory. What is a spiritual gift? Put together a little definition. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given to us through the Holy Spirit and for, are for the purpose of empowering us for ministry. So that's a spiritual gift. Uh, by the way, our spiritual gifts can be developed over time. So I have a teaching gift or an encouragement gift. If you would have listened to me 10 years ago, not good. My gift has developed over time. God's given me a gift. It's grown. But every follower of Jesus has a spiritual gift. He's given us gifts, supernatural abilities to make a difference in this world. And the Holy Spirit's given you a gift. So you can serve Jesus and make a spiritual impact in somebody's life. And that could be uh, serving behind the scenes, helping somebody. It could be building up the body of Christ in some way. Or just reaching out to a friend who doesn't know Jesus. You have a gift. Well, how do we know that we have these gifts? How do we know that's for every believer? I want you to listen to what Paul says to the Corinthians and every one of us. Let's keep reading in verse 2, 1 Corinthians 12. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And he's really saying here in, in these verses that if you're a follower of Jesus, you are gifted. You are spiritually gifted. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe Jesus is Lord? What does Paul say? Realize no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. Not going to happen. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And maybe you're here today and you don't believe Jesus is Lord. I think you would really resonate with the writer of this letter. Because at one time, Paul was not a Christian. He was anti-Christian. He would have cursed at the idea of Jesus. Read Acts chapter 9. But Paul had an encounter with Jesus. He discovered the reality of Christ. And the Holy Spirit came into his life. And Paul's just saying here, that you cannot even say Jesus is Lord and really mean that, but by the Spirit of God. And if that's you today, if you believe Jesus is Lord, then Paul's saying two things are true of you. Number one, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And number two, you have a spiritual gift. It's really that simple. Paul also says, you'll notice, he says to each one, to each. I like that. Verse 7, to each, to each one who confesses Jesus is Lord, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So each one means you. We are the each ones. You have a spiritual gift. How awesome is that? You can make a spiritual impact. You get to be a part of seeing lives transformed by God through the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is our vision and mission as a church. But the problem is many of us 
Just don't believe that. If we look at the person up front, the pastor or the worship leader, and we say, oh, that person has a gift. You know, the, uh, the uh, amazing elders in our church or those who lead us, and we look to them and we say, oh, they're gifted, but me, oh, I'm, I'm too old. Like, my time has passed. Or maybe you're just saying today, oh, I'm just a middle school. Surely God is not going to use me. It, surely I'm too shy to be used by God. Surely, I, I, I just don't know enough about the Bible. I, I, I haven't learned to pray or to talk about God. Surely not me, and I'm saying today, surely it's you. Surely you are the one in this room who is called to do amazing things for God because he has given you a spiritual gift. And nothing qualifies you for that gift but the fact that you believe that Jesus is Lord. You're, it's not gender, it's not age, it's not Christian experience or title or anything like that. God has gifted you because you're a part of his family. You are gifted. You're gifted. God's given you a gift. Second thought that I see in this passage. Your gift is unique. Not only are you gifted, but you have a unique gift spiritual gift. God's brought us into this family. And there are different people in this room with different spiritual gifts. Uh, it, you could think of sort of the ministry of this church as like a, a grand symphony. Now, when I was in sixth grade, I decided to join the middle school band. I had no idea what I was signing up for. Um, but every day at a certain hour, we all went into the band room and we uh, made an attempt to play music together. Now, being a middle school boy, uh, kind of got in trouble a little bit. Um, I was a trumpet player, and uh, the tubas were right over there, and the trumpet players like to try to flip coins into the tubas. I wouldn't recommend doing that. But, you know, at first, sixth grade band, all of our no notes kind of sounded like squeaks, and some of you have been to that like middle school band concert, kind of sounds like a car accident, okay? But you know what, over time, we started to grow in our ability to play our instruments. And then we began to understand the unique role that all the other instruments played in the band. A modern symphony orchestra can have up to 100 instruments. And those instruments are in different sections. You have your uh, strings, woodwinds, brass, percussion. And there's so many different instruments unique in their sounds and their tones. You might have the triangle. I think I should have gone out to be the triangle player. Or you have the French horn or the tenor sax. Or There's just so many unique instruments. And yet they all come together to create a beautiful and harmonious symphony. And this is what the family of God is like. Jesus is our conductor, and he brings us all together with all of our unique gifts so that we might blend together in God's grand symphony. And he's invited you to be a part of that symphony. He's given you a gift. How do you know what is your unique spiritual gift? Am I a trumpet player? Am I a, what's the big timpani? 
I like those. Timpani player. How do you know? Like, what is my unique spiritual gift? And to begin to answer that question, because we really can only begin today, you really need to study and become familiar with the spiritual gifts that are listed in the New Testament. And just to get you started on your journey, I want to give you some basic information about spiritual gifts. First of all, in the New Testament, the New Testament contains 19 unique spiritual gifts. At least 19 spiritual gifts. So you might have some other spiritual gifts like craftsmanship, musical gifts. There are other things that we could point to, but there are at least 19 unique spiritual gifts. And you can find those in four lists of spiritual gifts. And you might write down these verses. Uh, Romans 12, 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, 28 to 30, Ephesians 4, 11, 1 Peter 4, 11. We won't have time to read all those this morning, um, but I want to, to encourage you, go home. Read these for yourselves. It's actually pretty, rem I, I find it easy to remember those references because there's two 12s and two 4s. Okay, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. Pretty easy to remember, but, but write those down, read those. Uh, these spiritual gifts can be broken down into three different categories. So just like in an orchestra, you have the woodwinds, the percussion, the brass. This, the 19 spiritual gifts and those in those lists can really be broken down into three major categories. And we have uh, love gifts, word gifts, and power gifts. So I've heard it this way. There are uh, love gifts, word gifts, power gifts. Love gifts... Those would be like the gift of mercy, the gift of serving others, the gift of giving. Those are some of the gifts, some of those 19 gifts. Those are really love-oriented gifts. You have word gifts, gifts like teaching, gifts like encouragement, gifts like evangelism. Those are some of the gifts. Those are really word-speaking gifts. Then you have power gifts. Power gifts are like the ones we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Those are gifts like faith, healing, miracles. Now, every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Many of you will have some combination of two or more. But if you'll notice, as you look at those three categories of lists, something stands out to me. Together, those three areas really look like the ministry of Jesus, don't they? And when Jesus was on this earth, when he was serving people, we see in, in his ministry love, his love, we see his word, and we see his power. And so as the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit empowers us with spiritual gifts so that we get to continue the ministry of Jesus on this earth while he's reigning in heaven. We are the body of Christ. We're his hands and feet. So what does this mean for us? It means that for us as a church, right, to truly reflect the ministry of Jesus, to truly make his kingdom tangible to this world, we need people with spiritual gifts that operate in all three of those areas. We need love gifts. We need word gifts. We need the power gifts. Now think about it like a, a three-legged stool. Right? If you're missing a leg, the stool wobbles. If you're missing two legs, you actually fall over, right? We need gifts, we need 
people with spiritual gifts in all three of those areas. Love gifts, power gifts, and word gifts. When I think about Hope Community Church, I think this is a church with amazing love gifts. A caring place where God transforms lives. We have people who, are, who have amazing word gifts. We love the word. We know the word. But if there's one area out of those three where I'd love to see us grow or explore a little, it's in the area of the power gifts. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a great place to begin to explore some of these power gifts, these gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's actually read um, verse, beginning in verse chapter 7. Um, pick it up there. Now to each, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another still, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and same Spirit. And he distributes to them each one just as he determines. So in this passage, we read about nine unique spiritual gifts. And let me just very quickly define them if these are unfamiliar to you. We have the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge. So what's that? That's really where the Spirit of God gives you an ability to, to either... Um, he gives you like supernatural wisdom to speak into a situation. You're, you're having a conversation with someone and the Spirit of God gives you some wisdom to offer that situation. Or maybe it's an ability where God gives you some knowledge to speak into that situation. And those could be natural or supernatural. Um, but those are two gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of faith. And we're not talking here about saving faith, which is an amazing gift in itself. But here we're talking about the faith that moves mountains. So if you, like, if you have this like belief in God for impossible situations, then you probably have the gift of faith. It's this just supernatural faith that somebody has. You have the gift of healings, the gift of miracles, and I would put those together. Um, if you have a burden to pray for people that they'll be healed, and you begin to pray for people, and you start to see people begin to be healed, that's the gift of healing. Or maybe you have a burden to see God do miraculous things, and you start praying for those, and you begin to see God working some miracles. That's, those are those gifts. Um, the next one is the gift of prophecy. Um, prophecy is just this burden to speak God's message in a specific situation. Um, gift of discernment. Uh, I would just say here is somebody who can quickly distinguish between good and evil. So um, have you ever been in a situation where you uh, met somebody and they were a total stranger and you just had this sense that they were a Christian? And after talking a little bit, you're like, are you a Christian? Like, yeah. And you had this sense. Like you could discern almost immediately that they were a Christian or that could be even the opposite. Like you go somewhere and you just have this like dark feeling. Like, oh, there's some like dark darkness here. If you feel those kinds of things and can distinguish between good and evil, that's a discernment, gift of discernment. A gift of tongues, that's the ability to speak in a language you've never learned. And um, there's a missionary version of that gift or an evangelistic version. 
Um, that, this is somebody who's gone to another country and they're able to speak that language without ever having learned it. And if that just sounds crazy to you, it, it does sound crazy. <laughs> but I've actually met people who have gone to other countries and have picked up, like just gotten Spanish. You're like, how did you do that? Did you ever study? And they're like, no, I just got Spanish. I was like, okay, will you pray for me? Because <laughs> I'd love to get that, right? I mean, that's, these are miraculous gifts. Um, there's also another version of tongues. Again, it's the ability to speak in a language you've never learned. Where for many Christians, this is a special prayer language that they use in their devotional time with God. So that's, that's another um, gift of tongues. Gift of interpretation of tongues is the ability to interpret tongues and so edify the church. So those would be nine gifts of the Spirit. And, and we really are focused here on the more of the power gifts or the miraculous gifts. This is not the exhaustive list of not all 19 gifts. There are gifts like administration, gifts like teaching, gifts like encouragement. There's a whole list of gifts. I like how uh, somebody prayed this morning, like God's given us a Swiss Army knife, and every one of us has a role to play in his church. But I do want to acknowledge, as we're looking at this list, there are actually many people in the body of Christ who believe that these gifts have ceased. They, they believe that these gifts are no longer operational in the church. And in fact, I, I brought a book that I really enjoyed. It's called Our Miraculous Gifts for Today. Maybe you're wondering, does God still do these things? I would check out this book. It's called uh, Four Views in the Counterpoint series. The first one, first view is the cessationist. And they would say that God doesn't do these things anymore. And our first author is actually a theologian just down the road at Westminster Seminary. So this could very much be a culture here in, in this part of the country that, yeah, these gifts have ceased. Um, but there are other views too. Now, we're not talking here about the gospel. We're not talking about how people get saved. Um, we call that like a close-handed issue. Those are things that are just so important to us as a church that we take a stand on those things. Our statement of faith as a church doesn't say whether these gifts continue or whether they've ceased. That's an open-handed issue. Love to talk about those, love to discuss those. We're not going to divide over that. So whatever your belief is on that, so glad you're here. But I truly have a hard time, personally, believing that these gifts have somehow ceased. Because I've experienced them. I've been in churches where I've seen these gifts in operation. But I think more than that, even Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 assumes that these gifts are going to continue to operate in the church. And not just among the apostles and those who are starting the church, but Paul assumes that these are going to be at work in the lives of the ordinary believers in Corinth. And I'm here today to say, I believe that God wants to use these gifts in the lives of the ordinary believers at Hope Community Church. You'll also notice in the next chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul tells us when these imperfect gifts are going to cease. He says they're going to cease, the imperfect gifts are going to cease when the perfect comes. And he's talking about the return of Jesus Christ. So that's my, that's my place. I believe this is an area that we as a church could really begin to explore along with the love gifts and the word gifts, um, just to see what God might want to do in our lives. So these are nine of 19 spiritual gifts. I want you to find yours. That's my number one. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's encouraging. Maybe you just want to pray for people and see if they're healed. 
We all have gifts. This is my second point. Your gift is unique. And last one, your gift is needed. Whatever your gift is, we need your gift. Your gift is needed. Paul explains the importance of each one using their gift here in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Paul says, now to each one, that's me and you, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now God gives gifts to his people, why does Paul say? For the common good. When we use our gifts, everybody in the church benefits. Your gift is needed. Look at verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So for Paul here, ministry isn't just for the one. I think sometimes we have a little bit of a messed up version of church where uh, ministry is just the one person up front all the time. And I'm so thankful to be your pastor. I'm so thankful for our elders. I praise God for every person in this church who serves. But let me encourage you this morning. Our church is incomplete without you. We say here at Hope, the members are the ministers. You have a ministry. Our church needs you. I ask people sometimes when they visit for the first time, I'm like, how did you find Hope? And uh, usually the number one answer is, Google brought me here. I just like, was like, oh, like, Google just brought me here. I just put church in maps and woo, my hope. Praise God. But what Paul's saying here is that Google's only a part. Because I see here in verse 11 that God actually puts us in the body just as he determines. You're here for a reason. God gifted you. He brought you to Hope Community Church. We need you. We're incomplete without you using your gifts in this body. <laughs> like the Angie and I say a lot at home, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. That's true of the church. I, I saw a great illustration of this a few years ago. Um, I, I don't even know how this happened, but I was on safari at Kruger National Park in South Africa. Uh, again, I don't know how that ever happened to me. Um, I am not the world traveler, but uh, I did enjoy the safari. We saw a lot of amazing animals. We had a giant elephant run up towards our Jeep, which was really terrifying. But there was a point where uh, the safari guide pointed out the, uh, the zebras, as they say, the zebras, and uh, the wildebeest. And, and the guide was like, do you guys know why the zebra is always hanging out with the wildebeest? I was like, I have no idea. And he said, um, well, the wildebeest has amazing hearing, like acute hearing. And if there's a predator trying to sneak up, the wildebeest will be the first one to hear it. Zebras, they don't, they can't hear that well. But the zebras have really keen eyesight. And if something moves, like even far away, they're like the first to spot it. The wildebeest, they, they really can't see that well. So the zebra and the wildebeest decided to hang out together. The wildebeest for the hearing, the zebra for the seeing, and together they both benefit. That's what it means to be a part of a church family. You have a gift. Whether that's a big gift or a small gift, 
that's a gift that this, this church needs. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, the whole body grows as each one does their part. I'm here to encourage you today. You have a gift. Your gift is unique, and your gift is needed. As we close, might be uh, asking the question, how do I find my spiritual gift? I haven't definitively answered that for you, and I don't believe that I could just here. But I have a few ideas as we close. First of all, uh, go home. If you want to know more about your gift, study the Bible. Read what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts. Got some great uh, information to help you get started with that. But really start with those four passages that I've given you. Read those and study them. Second, um, ask God to show you your gifts. Right? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. If you say Jesus is Lord, he's in your heart and he's gifted you. So why don't you ask him? God, what gifts have you given me? So you study those passages. Is there a burden on your heart? Hey, I really feel burdened to pray for people. I feel burdened to encourage people. I feel burdened, whatever that is, to serve behind the scenes. Praise God. Ask God to show you your gifts. Number three, you can take a spiritual gifts test. Uh, I've done that before. And uh, I would say don't put all your eggs in the spiritual gifts test basket, but it can be a helpful way to begin to identify your spiritual gifts. I've actually sent a spiritual gifts test to all of our small group leaders. So if you would like to do that in your small group, that is available. Talk to your group leader. Um, so you can do that. Uh, I also did a little Google search, and I found several free ones online, but I can't testify to whether those are good or not. Um, maybe I think the best way to discover your spiritual gift is to simply get involved. Do you see a need? Is there an area to, your ser to serve? It's amazing how our spiritual gifts start to rise to the surface simply as we jump in and we begin to make a difference together. Gifts inevitably show up. So just come partner with us in seeing God transform lives. But I think the big reason, um, as we wrap up, that we want to use our gifts is simply because Jesus is worthy. And he went all the way to the cross. He paid the price for our sins. Forgiven our everything. Like our sins have been thrown into the depths of the ocean. We've received the righteousness of Jesus Christ by faith in Jesus, not by our works. We didn't have to earn it. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy. His kingdom is coming. And I just want to invite you today. Right? There is one cause in this world that's worth giving your life to. And it's the cause of Jesus Christ. So come partner with us. Right? Because his kingdom's coming. His will is going to be done. I just want to be in eternity saying, yeah, I was a part of that. I was making a difference casting our crowns before his throne, saying he is the worthy one. That's our Savior. That's our Jesus.